welcome everyone to this week's episode of Grapplecast. It's me, your host, Taryn, and today I'm joined by Joe. Hello, Joe. Hello, my tribal chief. Hello, how are you? Please acknowledge me. I, I'm doing well. Yeah, I acknowledge my one true tribal chief, Taryn Cameron. Absolutely. There's no other tribal chiefs on this podcast, believe me. No. And I am the one and the true. How are we doing, though? It's just the two of us this week. Yeah, not too bad, not too bad. Busy old week. I've been um, up, up to Glasgow doing some filming, which I can't really talk about, but yeah, it's been good. No way. <laughs> Lovely, keeping yourself busy. Of course, yeah. Dan's not available. He's drawing the short straw working today on a Saturday, boo hiss. And yeah. um, Jamie's unavailable due to some uh, family commitments. And again, we're, we're doing things, I feel like we're saying this every week at the minute, we're doing things slightly different this week because we're back recording on a Saturday morning, I think, for only the second time ever, um, which has its benefits in a sense because we had SmackDown on last night. So we can have a chat about that after we've broken down the Elimination Chamber event from last week. Um yeah. And then, yeah, so when all of our lovely listeners are listening to this, it'll, you know, the pod will be going out within the hour of us finishing recording on Saturday morning, 2nd of March. So it's it's up to date. It's as up to date as, yeah. as, you, as you can do. But, yeah, have you been up to much wrestling wise this week? Have you caught up with anything specifically other than the Chamber? Um, I've watched Raw and I just started watching SmackDown. I'm about half an hour into SmackDown. So, yeah, I'm pretty much, I know what happens anyway, because I read it this morning, but I'm actually like oh, half yes. to watch it. So, yeah. Believe bad. me, we'll be having a, a chat about what happened on SmackDown and these terrible, terrible predictions from some of us on this podcast about what will or rather wouldn't happen on WrestleMania that now looks like it's going to happen. I, I, It wasn't me. That's all I'll say. It was not me. I, I didn't say it wouldn't happen. Right, but let's have a look then going back. Uh, yeah, going back a week today, the Chamber then, Elimination Chamber coming from Perth, Australia. Um, we've had a week since the event. We've had time to watch it, um, digest what happened and give our thoughts on it this week. So as always, as we do on the podcast, we'll have a look at the event as a whole. We'll have a look at what our predictions were and how that looks for our prediction league. The prediction league as it stands before we go through each each match at the event um, sat myself on 12 points, Jamie and yourself, Joe, on eight points and Dan on seven. But it looks like it's probably there or thereabouts going to change after yeah. today. So, yeah, it was nice, wasn't it, having a um, a, cha- or a pay-per-view, a premium live event for us on a Saturday morning at 10 a.m.? Yeah, it was really nice. Um, me and Dan got up about 9 o'clock-ish, and then it started about 10 o'clock our time. I was able to get uh, myself a McDonald's breakfast and ordered it on a, on an app, and they uh, delivered it to us, so that was quite nice. It was just Yeah, it was really nice to watch it at a reasonable time. Not have to be like really tired or like try and make myself stay awake. I could, you know, just watch it at my leisure, and then when it finished, I could still do stuff afterwards, which was really nice. Yeah, because of course, for us here in the UK, most premium live events are 1 a.m., sometimes midnight if it's pushed back an hour or brought forward an hour, should I say, if it's a bigger event like a mania or something like that. So yeah, a nice 10 a.m. start with a bit of breakfast was was ideal. I went round to Jamie's house. We um, got there for about half past nine, so about half hour or so through the pre-show. 
just just about five minutes or so before the pre-show match began that of course wasn't part of our predictions because in typical Grapplecast fashion we gave our predictions and then they announced a match afterwards so that yeah. wasn't there but and Jamie Jamie cooked us a uh, a bacon sausage and fried egg uh, like baguette soft baguette I think Oh, which was okay. very nice and a, and, a, and a nice coffee and he even bought some juice because he knows I'm off the fizzy drinks. So, uh, yeah, I was I was very much catered for. Um, oh, nice. Like like you say, it was just it was it was nice being able to sit down and watch an event and then think, ah, oh, there's still like three quarters of the day to go. I mean, we were going to the football, the soccer afterwards for our American listeners. So, uh, yeah, it finished about an hour and a half, an hour and 45 minutes before kickoff of, of the game. So it gave us plenty of time to get down there and then get settled ready for the uh, for the match, which was a brilliant result, may I add. And then it was a terrible result this gone Tuesday. So we, less said about that, the better. <laughs> but yeah, no, na- nice, nice for a uh, nice for a, sat- a Saturday morning. And again, as I said, we'll go through our um, prediction uh, results in, in a moment and then we'll give our overall thoughts and, and a letter grading as we always do at the end. But just your overall thoughts on the event, on on how you felt a bit beforehand? Um, I thought it was a very, I thought it was an enjoyable event, but it was also very predictable, but it's not predictable in a bad way. Like it was predictable in a good way. Like storylines that they've been telling like the stuff that you've been seeing on tv like they've been like signposted like you know the becky versus me they've been signposted that for months so for becky not to win the chamber it kind of like wouldn't make any sense because they'd be like hiking up Rhea versus becky for months and months and months you know they had that stare down a couple of months ago they'd be like dodging each other and like staring at each other and like there's stuff that's been going on on tv like the results kind of make sense for what what happened because if it was anything other than what happened you're like well everything we'd be watching on tv doesn't make sense which is good in you know i gotta give WWE the credit the past couple of months their storylines and like their storytelling has actually matched the product which under vince's run it's just kind of went we're telling you this story and then we're just going to do this just to swerve you and you're like but that doesn't make any sense at least now, like everything kind of makes sense of like why they're doing it, so which is nice. Yeah, no, I, I'll agree with you on that. While while it's predictable, it wasn't predictable necessarily in a, in a negative way. It, it's what most of us have wanted to see leading into WrestleMania, and we've got that. So, in a sense, while we could say, "Oh, yeah, well, we kind of knew that was going to happen, and therefore the booking was predictable," well, it, it, it's what it's what makes sense, and it's what we want to see at WrestleMania. If they'd have done something different, we'd all be complaining, going, "Oh, yeah, but I wanted to see this person face this person at Mania." Um, and they didn't do that. They, they didn't do what we wanted that was predictable. So the fact that they did that probably kept it as a safe pair of hands and kept it a solid enough event. I thought it was a solid event. I, I didn't come out of it thinking, wow. Um, I think it helped for us the fact that it was on at that reasonable time. Because if I had to, you know, stayed up at 1am and watched it and then... You know, afterwards, I wouldn't have been saying, oh, what did I stay up for that for? But I would have been a bit more like, oh, OK, yeah, fair enough. Whereas I came out of it more fresh face and thinking, yeah, I, I quite enjoyed that. It was a it was a decent little event. It was good for the Australian crowd as well. Yeah, um, they were they were so loud. They were really, really loud, considering it was like an, it was like an open cricket stadium. There was no real roof on it. Like 
a lot of the chants you could hear them like really loudly like when yeah, Thomas that... Serio came out and like stuff like that like you could hear you could actually hear the crowd and what they were chanting and I was like well if I could hear them in an open air stadium like imagine how loud it is actually in the stadium yeah exactly because that's always the danger isn't it with these open open air stadiums you know the sound tends to go up and I know that uh, I mean, you, you can tell that at Mania sometimes, for example, it sounds a little quieter at Mania than it should do. And I'm sure it's not. I'm sure it's 10 times as loud as it comes across. If we use, for example, um, you know, All In, when we went to All In last uh, last August, Wembley Stadium, open air, it was loud. There were some brilliant reactions. Um, and then when I, you know, you watch it back on TV, it's loud, but it's not anywhere near as loud as it was sounding there. So it definitely takes that effect down. So the fact that either it's very good acoustics within that arena that they were using and within that stadium, um, or they just were really loud. So yeah, fair, fair play to the uh, fair play to the crowd. Um, as I alluded to previously, they did have a pre-show match that was announced uh, a couple of days or so before the event itself. Uh, just to get some of the talent on the card. And it was the tag team match. It was uh, Joe for the Women's Tag Team Championship, yeah. Candice LeRae and Indy Hartwell challenging the Kabuki Warriors of Asuka and Kari Sane for the titles. Bit of a... Yeah, um, yeah what, what what were your thoughts on this one? Because uh, I think... I, I think with them, they were just trying to get as many Australian stars as they yeah. could on the actual show. So even though... Indy Hartwell was on the main show. She was still there, and I think the family were there. And I heard rumours, well, it's basically confirmed. Bronson Reed was supposed to be on the show, but I think um, his wife was pregnant. And she, yeah, I believe so, baby, yeah. And I think the baby was going to come sooner than they thought. So he's like, I was... So he basically thought to it, he's like, oh, just so you know, I was meant to be in the chamber, but my wife's pregnancy ha- was like more... Ir- like the baby was coming sooner than we thought, so I basically stayed at home to... Be with my wife while she like gave birth, which is fair enough, obviously. But yeah, pretty much every Australian superstar that there is on the main roster was there, so which I think is nice. It was an interesting match for me because it was more the fact that I was watching it, but Jamie was running in and out of the kitchen at the time, getting things prepared for the breakfast, of course. So I was kind of watching and half watching it, and I think I think that was more because I didn't feel any particular importance for the match it wasn't like oh, i must watch that match or watch it and and especially so you know they didn't really put any importance on it by throwing it onto yeah. the pre-show you know it wasn't on the main card even with an australian talent there and yeah. you know it was just on the pre-show no you know from the moment they announced the match i don't think anybody was thinking there was going to be any type of uh, title change and neither should there have been but um yeah, good, good, good for them. Gets them on the card, like you say. Gets the Australia, Australian talent on the card, and um, I suppose also for the sake of the crowd there as well, they probably did need. Because when was the last time they had a pre-show with a match on? I feel like it's been a while. Usually they'll like do it over a year. Sometimes. They do at WrestleMania sometimes, but. I, I don't, I, I don't yeah. see. I don't think they did it last year's WrestleMania. Yeah. I think it's been well over a year. They used to have one, sometimes two matches on a pre-show, and then they just stopped doing it, and it was just like an hour's build-up. Um, so the fact that they had one was interesting, but I think it's probably more uh, alludes to the fact that there was only four matches on the main card. So you've got the crowd that were there that were just yes, two of them were chamber matches, but you know 
the crowd are turning up to a three, three and a half hour event with just four matches. They needed something else to give them as well. Mm-hmm. So that's probably why they threw something else on the card. But yeah, solid enough. Kept the crowd happy. Don't know if that necessarily persuaded anybody who was watching it free on YouTube to buy the event on pay-per-view or sign up to Peacock or the network or anything like that. But um, yeah, it is what it is. Yeah. So the actual event itself then kicked off, um, as I think a lot of us were expecting it to do, with one of the chamber matches, and it was the women's chamber match. And I think yeah. around this time, they started being rumours that the main event was probably going to be Rhea Ripley versus Nia Jax, which made sense, but I also found quite interesting because I thought that's... Um, it's an interesting thing, especially with Nia Jax and how unpopular she is, both character-wise and from a wrestling standpoint. I don't necessarily think that, but I know the large majority of the crowd does. So to have that in the main event, yes, Rhea Ripley is the, uh, you know, is the the home country hero. But I thought, well, we'll see how that gets on. But you know, the fact that they announced well the first match is the women's chamber match. Um, what were your thoughts on that one? I think. The women's team obviously did what it's supposed to do. Like it built, it, it made Becky, you know, the contender for the women's title. I thought the main takeaway for me is Tiffany Stratton looked like a million dollars in there. Like she had a great show in. Like, like everything she did looked amazing. But the other women in the match, I thought Liv Morgan was all right. I think the best wrestler in there, other than Becky Lynch, was probably Bianca Belair. But you know, my feelings with Bianca, I like her as a wrestler, like, I, I'm not knocking her wrestling ability, it's just her gimmick, it's just, like, the ESC stuff, I mentioned it countless times on this podcast, I'm just like, she just needs a new gimmick, and Raquel Rodriguez, I'm like, okay, this is Raquel Rodriguez, she's just come back from her injury, why, why do I care that she's in a match, like, what, her gimmick is she's got a big strong back and I'm like okay, but why, <laughs> what else do, yeah. what else do I, why, why else do I care about it, like, the other women, there's like no real story in here of like why they they're in the match and why they want to be the women's champion. They're just like, oh, they're in the match because they want to face Rhea WrestleMania. But there was like no real explanation. Like they could have gone into Rhea's story or um, Raquel's story. Oh yeah, she took me out for an injury, or they could have gone this one. Yeah, we were tag team champions, and then she turned on me. They could have like gone into the story a bit more, but like it was like obvious from the get go. Like okay, this is. Becky's, you know, go home time. She's gonna be the winner, and they basically like told you who's gonna win before the match even started, which I kind of like. It's not really fair on the other women in the match, but they did what they could, I guess. Yeah, and I think it was interesting the way that we did the match in regards to eliminations. I um I. I found it interesting that Naomi was the first eliminated, more so on the fact that, you know, they've made a big to-do on the fact that, you know, she's been away for a couple of years, you know, she's been in TNA, she's come back, she came back at the Rumble, had a really, really good show. Did she come in at, like, number two? Was she number one or number two? Yeah, it was Naomi and Becky to start the match, yeah. That was it, yeah. Um so, you know, I, I, she lasted a decent amount of time in the Rumble as well. And then, of course, she was always going to be part of this particular match. Um, You know, I didn't think she was going to win. We, it was a foregone conclusion who was going to win. But to then have her eliminated first, 
I, I don't know. I just found that quite interesting. I thought, ooh, I wonder what the reason for that is. Now, of course, she was also eliminated by Tiffany Stratton, which, as you said, had a very, very good showing. And I was very happy that she was part of part of the match. She's definitely the future of the women's division. Yeah. Absolutely, yeah. 100%. In the next couple of years, she will be, if not by you know, maybe next year, she'll be challenging for one of the women's world titles. But um, she she was getting a very, very good reception, she was from the crowd as well, especially when she was in um, a pod waiting to come in. Um, she had chance for her, she was you know, having a bit of a dance in the <laughs> in, in the yeah. pod as well, keep, but, keeping but the crowd going. But it says something, doesn't it? Like Tiffany Stratton, be what wrestling like under a year, I would say, like she was in NXT, she was in. NXT Women's Champion. She, well, especially what, on the main roster, she's been there, what, two, three yeah. weeks, if that. So the fact that she's already over with the main roster crowd. Yeah. But the thing is, with Tiffany, like, her gimmick is incredible. Like, she's the airhead blonde Barbie girl who wears pink. And she's like, I'm better than you, I'm rich. And, like, her character is amazing. Like, she's got a reason of, like, why she wants to do it. Like, everything she's doing makes sense, and that's why we care. And as wrestling fans, that's why everyone was chatting for her, because everything about her whole presentation makes sense. Whereas I said, like, I don't not blame the women, but like all the other women in the match, I'm like, okay, why are you in the match? I would just in the match because because we want the title. Yeah, okay, but why are you I don't know, just you know, for bands. Like they like they want they weren't telling me the reason why. Like it's not their fault, it's just the fucking like you to tell me why I should care that Liv Morgan should face Rhea Ripley at WrestleMania, but you didn't tell me that, and so I didn't care. The booking, Joe. The booking. <laughs> um, Naomi out first, then eliminated by Tiffany, as we said. Tiffany out second, um, eliminated by Liv. Nice to see Liv back fully in action as well after the Rumble. Um, Raquel Rodriguez that back. It didn't do it justice. It didn't do Joe. She was gone. She was third, eliminated yeah. by your favourite Bianca. And then Bianca out fourth by Liv Morgan. So it left Liv and Becky last. And at one point, I did think, oh, is this where they are going to do the slight swerve? Is Liv maybe going to pick up the title? We're going to have Liv versus Rhea at, uh, at Mania, which I wouldn't be against. But of course, no, they went for it. Becky Lynch, Joe, facing Rhea Ripley for the Women's World Championship at WrestleMania. Yeah, definitely. I just want to see something about the end of this match, like the double pin, like where she pinned Bianca and then Liv. I just thought it was a bit awkward and clunky. Like she rolled up Bianca, then, no, sorry, Liv rolled up Bianca, then she turned around, and then Becky was like, bam, then one, two, three. And I was like, okay, that was a bit of a weird ending. I was like, it was almost like a bit heelish of an ending, if I want to say that. Like it was a bit of like, okay, that's not like a baby face win, that's like almost like a heel win, which is kind of. If I think the way it's gonna go at WrestleMania, it kind of makes sense. Like they're planting the seeds now, but yeah, it was a really strange ending. I thought. Well, as far as our predictions go, we all got a point on that one. That'll yeah, come to no it. surprise at all. As I said, we all we all went for uh, for Becky, and it it was the right decision. It was the right decision. They. They've been building up to this for a while now. I don't really get the whole Becky. Becky cut a promo either on the Raw, just gone on the Raw before, where she was basically talking about how the fact of the last year hasn't been the best year or something because she hasn't been anywhere near the women's world title or the women's title, whatever. 
Um, and she's kind of, you know, had to take a bit of a back seat. But then I think I read something online that she'd been, you know, she'd had that massive feud with Trish. She had a main event with Trish. She had a steel cage with Trish. She became NXT Women's Champion. She did something else and something else. And really, other than winning the one of the women's titles on the main roster, she'd literally done everything and more. <laughs> so she hadn't really had a bad yeah. year at all. If anything, she'd had one of her best years in years, just other than holding the title. But yeah. I found that funny. Yeah, I think with Becky, like it's so much like the passing thoughts from like Becky uh, Becky Lynch is probably the most like over superstar the past couple of years. Like she, you know, she's called the man for the reason. And then second, I would put number two would be Charlotte Flair, just in terms of like how many reigns she's had and like how many women's championships she's had. I think Rhea Ripley is gonna overtake them in that like prime number one position. Like she was so over in Australia. She'd been doing so such good work in the Judgment Day. Like she was good before, but I don't know whatever it was before the Judgment Day. It wasn't like the stuff for like Nikki Ash. Like that, it just wasn't working. Now she's in the Judgment Day. It's just I don't know what it is, but it's just clicked. Like she's clicked as a personality, and she's almost get like we'll talk about her reaction, but she's getting almost baby face reactions now. I think Becky Lynch's role in this match, like. It's almost past the torch to Ripley, like you're you're the person, you're the woman in WWE now. But Becky's got to do a lot of work of going, okay, she's kind of said, okay, I think you're better than me and I need to prove why you're not and I need that women's championship. I'm like, that's okay, but that's a bit wishy-washy for me. You need to you need to build the story a bit more. I know we've got like six weeks to go, I'm sure they will, but you need to go Mm. To give me the why of like, okay, why is this important to you? Why do you need to beat Rhea Ripley? Why do you need to prove you're the best? They need a bit more of that because the way I think of it at the minute is that the way I feel at the minute is that Rhea Ripley's just going to squash Becky Lynch. That's how I feel at the minute because Rhea's so over and she's like doing everything at the minute. She's so dominant. But that's what makes sense right now. But obviously, we got six weeks to go, so they'll probably tell me why you should care more at the minute, but that's how I feel. Uh, and it's a very good point. I, I'm a bit more, I'm not necessarily in agreement on the squash side of things. I think it's closer than that, but I'm, I am of the opinion that I'm not quite sure which way they're going to go yet, whether they're going to continue the dominance of Rhea Ripley or whether Becky's going to be the one to dethrone her because it's almost a question of, if Rhea does go over Becky, which many would think it would be the right thing to do, um, and continue a dominance, you know, who is then the person to take the title off her? Because I, I don't think, I know a lot of people would say things like, oh, Jay Cargill, but I don't think she's going to, I think she's going to be very much sticking on the SmackDown side of things and staying away from Rhea Ripley for the foreseeable anyway. And that's probably the right thing to do. So it's kind of like who from the already established stars takes the title off her. So does that mean... That Becky should go over. It's a difficult one. We're not going to get into that now anyway, because that's what our mania predictions are going to be for, but it's definitely food for thought. Yeah. Um, second match of the night, then I believe, correct me if I'm wrong, was the men's tag team championship, yeah. the undisputed one. Yeah, we had the new catch Republic of Pete Dunn and Tyler Bate terrible. versus the Judgment Day. Ter- terrible. Oh, give, well, go on. I was going to say, give us your thoughts. Do it. Terrible. Well, no, I just I said terrible isn't the name of the Catch Republic. Oh, I thought, I thought you meant the match. Yeah, um, <laughs> I thought the match was all right. I enjoyed it. Yeah, I thought the match was really good. Like it did what it it did what it's supposed to do. I know we said um, 
but I'm sure we'll get on some predictions afterwards. But I thought they had a really good show, and I thought Pete Dunn and Tyler Bate, they were made to look strong, and they were made to look like they defenders, and like they were made to look like they belonged on a WWE pay-per-view. And I know they've only been tagging about like two weeks or three weeks, but like the way they were putting them over on commentary and like the way that they were like shown to be stars, I thought was really cool. I thought Judgment Day actually like let them put in a lot of stuff. Obviously, you know, they came out victorious, but it was a lot closer than I thought it was going to be. I thought the Judgment Day were just going to be like, you know, it was going to be a bit of a squash, but it was actually like competitive. So I yeah, enjoyed it. Yeah, I thought it was a very strong match. I, I mean, I knew it was going to be decent anyway because you've got four talent there that are exceptionally good. I was a little disappointed that the Judgment Day didn't drop the titles more so for the sake of the predictions because we all went for that apart from Jamie. He successfully said that they would retain. So, Jamie, well done. He gets the point. Uh, we, we don't. But, um, yeah, I think... I know I said on la- on last week's show, I thought that Newcatch would probably pick up the win and take the titles because R-Truth would probably cost them the match on this one and then that would set set up... Uh, cost the Judgment Day the match, should I say, and that would set up R-Truth and the Miz, the Awesome Truth versus the Judgment Day at Mania. But I suppose they could still do that, but for the titles, if yeah. indeed that's where they want to go. that's probably really- too, yeah. So, so again, it, it makes sense either way. So I'm not disappointed that, you know, they're, they're still the champs because that's exactly what Mania will be for. So, yeah, not, nothing more for me to say really on that one. It's solid. Match. Probably, I mean, from a wrestling standpoint, it was the best match of, of the night. But that's not, not to, you know, that that's no surprise. And, you know, we weren't here for that match. We were here for the two chamber matches. So I enjoyed it. It was a good match. Yeah. The... um. Elimination Chamber then for a shot at the World Heavyweight Championship, Joe, at WrestleMania. The men's, we had uh, Drew McIntyre, Randy Orton, Bobby Lashley, LA Knight, Kevin Owens and Logan Paul on this one. Um, Before you go into this match itself, which Chamber match did you prefer, this one or the women's? The men's, definitely. Did you see? I I I preferred the women's. I just thought see, there was I, more I, about it. I thought there was more story in the. There was definitely the more story show. in the men's. Yeah, I agree with I, you on that. Yeah. That's why I I think I'm more story based. Like that's why I prefer WWE over AEW because there there was like stories. There was obviously the main winner, which is true, but there was also like many stories in the matches where feuds came off it, and then also there was like. Like the interferences from like AJ Styles coming with steel chair and like hitting Lee Knight over the head, oh, over the back with steel chair. Then you had the you had the bit with like local Paul with the sharpie like drawing on the plexiglass for Kevin Owens. Like you had that story, and then obviously you had the local Paul with like the brass knuckles, and then is is local Paul going to face like Randy Orton? So there was like lots of like mini stories going on in the main match. You had the main match obviously fighting but then you had a lot of like storytelling also going on inside the match inside the match itself so yeah I, that's why I preferred it No that's fair enough I mean Drew McIntyre the overall winner anyhow but he had a very strong showing in respect to the fact that he eliminated three of the other five competitors uh, Randy Orton got the other two um, which I think is probably the right thing to do because Randy needed to look strong hence the reason he was my pick more of a dark horse pick Um 
But, it, you know, Bobby Lashley out first, maybe slightly surprising. LA Knight out second. Yeah. Well, none of us <laughs> yeah. uh, None, none, none of us thought he was going to. Do you like this whole new gimmick of an elimination chamber of like, oh, no, somebody's really injured and it's going to take... Why is it taking them so long to get them out? You're like, okay, it's taking them far too long to get Bobby Lashley out of the chamber. And you kind of like, you trick that. I'm like, right, they're... The door's open. They're, they're taking ages to get Bobby Lashley out the chamber now. You're, like, you're thinking, okay, somebody, something's going to happen. There's some shenanigans. Yeah, because yeah. something similar happened last year, didn't it, with um, Logan Paul and Seth Rollins. Um, Logan Paul came in and cost Seth Rollins. Yeah. Um, the and then obviously that led them to then having a match at Mania. So I'm like, okay, something's going to happen here. And then <laughs> James Styles is like the biggest hater of the year because... He's been having this like mini feud with LA Knight, and then I think a couple weeks ago, LA Knight like poured water over his head or something, and then he was like fighting it. I was like, okay, and I just thought that was just it, but obviously not because AJ Styles spent what 30 hours on a plane from Atlanta, Georgia to Australia just to make sure LA Knight didn't win the elimination chamber. And I was like, yeah, this is an interesting one because I think the whole internet wrestling community was, and we and we have to point this out. This has never been. This was never confirmed by WWE. It was never even really teased. I think people just thought it was the next logical step for both men, but people just presumed that LA Knight needs to around this time in his career especially since he's still over and, and and you don't want you know that that to die down he was going to pick up a title well he's probably not going to face Gunther and he's not going for any of the world titles of mania the next logical step is the US title oh who's the US champion Logan Paul LA Knight Logan Paul mania everybody thought that was going to happen and then I suppose this was the swerve in respect of that as you said there's been Little hints and things dropped in there between him and AJ, but nothing massive. But they they've obviously been feeding that through to us because, I mean, yeah, AJ Styles comes in, absolutely batters LA Knight, costs him a uh, you know a, a match at WrestleMania for the world title, and that is ultimately going to now shortly set up LA Knight versus AJ Styles, and we know now I would assume which way we're going with Logan Paul at Mania. He got the brass knuckles out at the end of this match, whacked Randy Orton with them. Um, it's it's Randy Orton, Logan Paul at Mania. Did you see any of those two matches coming? Because I didn't. No, I, I, I thought the same as you. I thought, oh, no, they they kind of teased the Logan Paul versus LA Knight. And then Logan Paul himself, on his podcast, Impulsive, said he wanted to face um, LA Knight and... I can't remember who else he said. I think he said Seth Rollins. Obviously, he's faced Seth Rollins. He said, oh, I really want to face LA Knight because they've had like an interaction. He was like, oh, I could feel like this would be a really good match. But obviously, the story with the brass knuckles is that, you know, he he cost it, you know, he cost Randy Orton the match. But I kind of think that makes sense in the chamber because we all said it like Randy Orton's really dominant. He's just come back from injury. Like, we don't know what he's doing at WrestleMania. It'd be a waste for him not to do it at WrestleMania. And I think Triple H kind of knows that. And then, but also he's like, well, how do we get out of Randy Orton not winning the Elimination Chamber? Like, just pinning him. It's just basically pretty much buried him. He's just come back from injury. Like, but obviously we want Drew to win. So I think this makes sense storyline. They're like, okay, well, local Paul's going to cost him by like 
hitting him in the mouth with the brass knuckles. And then obviously now we've, we're probably going to get Randy Orton versus local Paul for the US Championship at WrestleMania. And and you are right. That was the that was the way to do it because that's the reason why I went with Randy Orton because I thought, well, how are they going to eliminate him from this match? I couldn't see any you know storyline with anybody else on the horizon, obviously until this swerve, if you want to call it that. So I thought, well, surely he's got to win it because he's got to have a match and he's got to have you know a a decent prominent type somewhere prominent on the car type match at one of the nights of Mania. Um, yeah, so surely he's going to be the one to face Seth Rollins, and maybe we're going to get that. Now we've got this with Logan Paul. Was I that, I mean, I was going to say, was I that bothered about seeing this match before? And well, no, because I didn't think there was a possibility. And to be honest, it hadn't even really crossed my mind. Now it's happening by the sounds of it. Do I want to see? Yes, I probably do. I thought it was very clever and a very good way of setting it up. Um, if anything... I'm more excited to see this match than I am to see LA Knight and AJ Styles. I'm a bit meh about seeing LA Knight versus AJ Styles. I'm not think, sure. I'm not sure if that screams WrestleMania to me. I think they'll probably do. If I were to book it now, just purely off what I've seen off the back of like SmackDown and what's happened this week, I think what they'll do is probably do like a street fight or like a, like a hardcore match or something along those lines. They'll probably put yeah. a stipulation on it, and they'll probably a slim jim hardcore match or something. Oh, like you know it. Of, you know it'll have fruity pebbles. Everything be one all of those around. Ones, yeah, it'll be one of those sponsored matches like cinnamon toast crunch or whatever it is. Oh, it will, because they can't help themselves. That that's the issue. But yeah, I look. I'm sure the match, if it does happen at Mania, which I'm sure it will do, I'm sure it will be great between AJ Styles and LA Knight. From a technical standpoint, from a wrestling standpoint, it will be great. I'm just not necessarily that excited to see it. But I, do, I never thought I'd say this, but I'm I'm excited to see what Randy Orton and Logan Paul can do. Um, and whether or not, you know, if it is for the title, which you'd expect it to be, whether or not Logan retains or Randy takes the uh, takes the title. Let's, uh, let's see. But we know he was going to Mania to face the world champion. It's Drew McIntyre. We all went for it, apart from me, but I wanted it. I'm so happy that it's happening. We're not here to do our mania predictions, but surely, surely, surely Drew's got to get that title in front of a crowd and become a world champion again. The story they're telling with Seth, and obviously he's got, he even said it on Raw, he's like, yeah, I've got a bad back, I've got a bad leg. And Drew basically said, look, like if you're not 100 percent like I'm in this mindset now, like I want a, I want a straight one on one match. But he's like, if you come into this match and you're injured and you're battered, he's like, I'm not gonna feel sorry for you. I'm gonna take that title for you. If you get involved in the bloodline match, which obviously what happens on SmackDown is probably is what gonna happen is what's going to happen, and you get yourself injured, I'm going to take that title off you. So mm. they're pretty much telling us without telling us that. Seth is pretty much he can't help himself, can he? He's like he's like got this title, but he can't help himself in terms of the bloodline. Like he's gonna yeah. get himself involved. And he's basically gone, well, I don't care if you get involved in the bloodline story or not. I stop <laughs> if you're injured or not injured, I don't care. I'm just gonna I'm gonna like clean all your head off and pin you. Like so if you're injured or not, that's that's your problem basically. No, exactly. And and I think, you know, 
particularly when it comes to McIntyre as well, he surely have got to have signed this contract. Yeah. You know, this, th- this contract extension because they wouldn't put be putting him in. Yeah, they're either doing it one or two ways. He either hasn't signed it yet and they're trying to get him to sign it by going, look, you've got a match at Mania. Oh, and if you sign it, we'll get you with the world title. I, or, I think he's got you know, up he's signed level. it, yeah. Yeah. He's gone up another level in the past couple of months, like the whole CM Punk stuff, like the t-shirts trolling CM Punk. Like his promos got Brilliant. up there, like got rid of the sword, that sword that he was bringing down, that, like that, yeah, that gimmicky sword. Like got got rid of that, got got rid of the, what's the three two one, and then there's the Claymore kick. He's got rid of that. And it's so much more better, like his whole presentation, like, like when he came back, like from... Um, being fired and then he obviously had like the pandemic mania and he was like just trying to be a baby face like oh yeah everyone loves me like this version of Drew like when he was a heel before he was just like oh I'm just a psychopath and I'm nasty whereas now he's like oh I'm still the Drew you know and, and love but I just don't care anymore like there's an I'm element like... of shithousery about yeah, it yeah exactly yeah and yeah he surely got to pick up the towel because then that means you know he can pick up the title at mania he can defend it uh, you know backlash and whatever the couple of events money in the back stuff after that me i assume by around SummerSlam time punk will be better and that perfectly sets up punk yeah. to come back then to have match and maybe even for punk to take would be the one to take the title off him as you would assume maybe at around a summer slam time so it, it does it does make sense and I'm, I'm excited to see it but yeah I'm, I'm just i am glad i am glad drew's got it and i'm looking forward to seeing that match at mania main event time then the women's world championship Rhea Ripley, the home country hero, versus Nia, my whole Nia Jax. And do you know what, Joe? Given it's due, it was a better match than it looked on paper. Yeah, I thought Nia Jax did really well, and she was a really good heel. And I think everyone kind of knew it. Like, technically, Rhea Ripley is a heel because she's part of the judgment team. But like, she, obviously, she's in the home country of Australia. She's not going to get anything, but. A baby face reaction. They kept showing the family in the front row. They were all chanting Rhea, Rhea Ripley, um, Rhea Bloody Ripley. And I thought Nia Jax did a really good job here of like being like a really nasty heel. Like she kept grabbing Rhea's face and she kept like talking trash to her family. Like, there's all your family. You're going to lose. Like she was like proper like healing it. And I thought, yeah, you know, I'm not the most biggest Nia Jax fan in the world. I'm not not necessarily a fan of a wick, but I thought this match was really good and Nia Jax was actually a really good heel in this. Well, maybe it's because she was in the ring with Rhea, Rhea's so really bloody good at what she does, but maybe, you know, she, you know, put Nia up a, another level. I don't know how much she was covering for Nia, but yeah, this this was one of the better Nia Jax matches. I really enjoyed it. The one thing I will say about Nia Jax is, is since she's come back, she's improved a hell of a lot. I don't, I'm not saying she's the greatest women's wrestler out there. I'm yeah. not even saying she's better than... I mean, she is, and this says something, compared to her first run, she is better than some of the women's talent. And not even just that. From a storyline perspective and a presentation's perspective, I am more interested in seeing her on TV each week than somebody else and I, and I don't and I'm just using this person as an example and I'm not necessarily knocking them and this is more to do with their presentation rather than them as a talent because you know they are phenomenal talent in respect to um, athleticism and, and the way they work in the ring but 
if I just use somebody like Shotzi as an example, do I want to see Shotzi versus Rhea Ripley in a match? Not particularly. No, I'm not bothered. Do I want to see Nia Jax versus Rhea Ripley? Well, yeah, I probably do because, you know, from a presentation standpoint, you know, let's not beat around the bush. She's a, a bigger woman in that sense, but that's that's her character. That, that works for her. She is being portrayed as, look, Yes, this is a bigger woman, but she's a dominant force. How is Rhea Ripley going to possibly be able to defeat the yeah. mighty Nia Jax in that sense? Well, well, brilliant. That works. That works for her. And she didn't come out. Yes, she didn't win the match. Nobody expected her to win the match, but she didn't come out of the match looking any weaker than no. she did beforehand. And since she's come back, she has per- perfected. If I can get my words out, she has perfected her craft better. Um, I don't, you know, first time around. I think she's around, embraced it. Like, my first time yeah, around, she's yeah. booed. And I think you could tell by the look of her face, like, I'm getting booed. I don't like this. And it I was think, affecting her, yeah. I think she's taken time away. And she's basically gone, I need to embrace. Like, people don't like me. I need to embrace being the heel. I need to embrace it. And I think whatever she did when she was away, she's basically told herself now, like, okay, they're going to boo me. And they don't. nobody likes me. Everyone thinks... I'm an unsafe worker, and whether that's fair or not, you know, that's everyone's opinion. But I think she's gone, okay, I'm going to take this. I break people and I'm unsafe and people hate me, and I'm going to take this as my character now, and it works. Right decision then for Rhea to go over in front of the home country. Yeah, I mean, we all we all predicted it. You know, she was over like Rover, and I, I don't know where, obviously, you know, she's part of. It's in a hometown, but even on SmackDown, even though um, Raw, sorry, when she came out and she still went, I, and she was in another country, um, she's back in the US, she was still getting baby face reaction. So I think you need to go all the way with her turn up full baby face now. Just she was getting cheered anyway. Like like the Judgment Day did start off as like a proper humorous faction, but they've kind of like turned it around now, where they're kind of like cool apart from you know i think the only one who gets genuine like heel heat is dominic mysterio obviously you still get when he talks he gets booed out the building but the way i would do it is a mania tin rear funny face it's it's gonna happen i'm telling you like she's gonna be still i think the presentation and look at everything is still gonna be the same but it's just gonna be a baby faced version of her instead of a heel version we will see. Well, these decent main event sent the crowd home happy and the right decision ultimately. Yeah. That was me. Yeah, that was uh, Elimination Chamber setting up many things for Mania. You talked about the Queen's effect. Oh, sorry. Yes, of course. I did want to talk about that. I was leaving it to the end to get the matches out of the way. Um, that was the only thing I was disappointed about. Yeah. Just because it was purely a way to get them on the screen yeah. at the event there was no real progression and i think there was a kind of a there was like a false promise without it being a promise on the pre-show beforehand and i think it was released on the social media accounts as well you had the rock basically saying i'm not there tonight i'm not going to be there but 
if any of them even dare talk trash, I am the people's champ. I am the Hollywood. Yeah. I can it's, make it work. I can fun. get on a plane and be there. With it. So that, you know, he was basically saying, if anybody says anything about me, even though I'm not going to be there, I will be there. So at that point, I'm thinking, oh, Christ, they are actually going to have him appear. Roman Reigns won't be there, but The Rock's going to make an appearance because he's basically set. You know they're going to say something about him. So if he's saying, if you say something about me, I will find a way and I will be there to turn up and slap the yeah. piss out of you, whatever he said. And then he didn't return. Oh, he didn't appear. I was kind of a bit like, well, what was all that about? It's funny you say that. I've seen a lot of people online who are actually like from Australia and actually in the stadium watching it. They were like, that kind of got our hopes up. And like, there was like people start, like ch- chanting Rocky chats. And then when they didn't, and then when they showed that promo and like they showed the whole rock thing, they were like, oh yeah, he's definitely coming out of the set. And people get excited about it. And then they were like, we still enjoyed the show. It was a cracking show, but like, we were a bit disappointed. Like they were kept showing like rock promos and then he didn't turn up. So we're like, well, why are they doing that? If he's not going to come, they're like, there's a couple of people on the line saying exactly what you're saying. Like we were there in the stadium, they kept showing rock promos. And then everyone was like, well, obviously he's going to come out then. And then he didn't. So like, they were like, oh, well, why are you showing him if, you, if he's not going to turn up? Yeah. It was an all right segment. Like I said, it was there to fill up a bit of time and get them on the car. I mean, I'd have just been happy with another match, but I can see why they wanted Seth and um, Cody on there, which I suppose brings us nicely to last night's SmackDown. And specifically, we'll just talk here about the promo. I mean, if I just tell you quickly what our predictions look like after Elimination Chamber, I'm still in the lead, but only by two points on 14 points. Jamie, two behind on 12. Joe, you're on 11. Dan on 10. So there's only, you know, a point each between the three of you and, you know, a couple of points in it up to me. So all to play for. Ready for, of course, the next one, WrestleMania. So... On the Grayson Waller effect at Elimination Chamber, we, of course, had Cody say, challenge the Rock. I want to face you, Rock. Whenever it happens, I'm throwing a challenge out there. Then we had the promo last night um, on SmackDown where the Rock said no. He turned the challenge down, but then basically made a new challenge. And if I say it's what everybody was expecting, it wasn't what I was expecting because I said from the beginning it's not going to happen. So I suppose it's what I was fearing. They're going to do it, Joe. It's happening. The Rock and Roman Reigns versus Cody and Seth, night one at WrestleMania. But there are some stipulations that's yeah. been added. The stipulation is if Cody and Seth beat the bloodline, it's, um, am I right in saying it was something like there could be no, no interference? No bloodline, no, no bloodline bad, interference. Uh, yeah. from inside, like nobody for the bloodline can. Yeah, yeah for the for the rock uh, sorry for the Roman Reigns Cody badge. But if Co- uh, but if the Rock and Reigns win, it's basically all out war, no holds barred, bloodline blood blood rules. rules that yeah, I think thing. I think what they're gonna do, um do you remember when it was um back in ninety eight, so a lot of new listener watchers probably won't know what I'm talking about, but there was basically it was like the corporation were trying to screw Stone Cold out of the title. And it's basically a McMahon. There's like Shane McMahon was like the timekeeper. Pat Patterson was like the like the commentator, like um the bell ringer, the the other guy I can't remember, Gerald Briscoe was like Yeah the Briscoe official war boy. And then 
they had like um, they had one uh, somebody else as like the referee. I think they're gonna do something like that where like the rock's gonna be the referee, Solo Soko is gonna be like the special timekeeper, Jimmy Uso is gonna be like the water boy, and like they'll literally have the entire bloodline. They'll be like, Oh yeah, J- J- Jimmy Uso is like the official ring enforcer, and like they're just gonna have the entire bloodline there, aren't they? I think the reason so I, I've said previously on the pod, I didn't think it was going to happen because some a team's got to lose that makes the other one look weaker before their big match. And Seth isn't 100%. Well, I'm assuming Seth has to be 100%. He has to be fine now because they, why would you risk him, you know, in that match? I assume now they're going to have both world titles on the Sunday. I assume yeah. one's going to open. I assume the world heavyweight title, Seth and Drew, is going to open Sunday and Cody and Reigns is going to close Sunday. So two world titles in one night. Obviously, the main event of night one will be this tag match. Um, the way that they are doing it and the way that they have said, this is the rules. If you win, you get this. If we win, we get this. Surely, surely The Rock and Reigns are winning the tag yeah, match. Yeah, I'm, exa- I'm on, I'm on your main be. thread yeah. here. Because the whole Cody Rhodes story is like he's the ultimate underdog. Like he he keeps trying, he keeps trying, he keeps getting screwed over. Last year, at WrestleMania, he got screwed out. He's got screwed by the blind. And the whole storyline this year is that he's had to beat Seth Rollins. He's had to beat all these people to get there. He's had to win the Royal Rumble again on the second year in a row. And I think the only way you can keep going is to keep putting the odds against Cody Rhodes and the only way to do that is for him and Seth Rollins to win and lose the tag as you said night one where he's like well the odds you know we knew the odds were against Cody against Roman one on one it's even more against him he's got the entire bloodline and yeah I, I, I agree with you that's the way I can see it going as well it makes no sense to throw that type of match out there and that stipulation to tease that stipulation for then Cody and Seth to just win and it just be a straight single one-on-one disqualification, no outside interference. They are going to have Cody and... Uh, so they're going to have the Rock and Reigns win this match and it is... the So the main event of night two can just be overbooked to shit. It'll be the most overbooked, ridiculous thing. But I'm saying this in a good way, in a really over-the-top way. I, even to the point where I'm, I'm starting to convince myself now just for shits and giggles and just because they're going to overbook it to fun. If if you've basically got the whole bloodline that are going to come out there and try and, you know, take out Cody, you're then going to have Seth, who's probably going to have lost earlier on in the night to Drew, try and come out to help Cody get taken out. Then maybe, I don't know, Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn to try and come out and help Cody get taken out. That glass is gonna shatter and Stone Cold is gonna come out. I don't. I just. I've just got this feeling just to go and stutter the Rock. I could just because I'm just gonna overbook this crazy, crazy. It probably will, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but it's exciting. I'm excited for it. I yeah, and I'm more excited for it now that they've basically confirmed that that tag match is gonna happen because um, I, I just think that that must mean Seth is good to go properly for them to risk him in two matches and 
and because of the stipulation that that's made the difference for me because now we know it's yeah, going to be a complete, I, I just, a complete mess in all the right in, in, in all the most positive ways i've just got a feeling that i've just got a feeling that the way seth's promos are going that he's just going to turn on cody and he's going to be like he's like oh yeah i said i was it goes back to the shield promo like a couple of weeks ago i will be your shield and I, I'm just convinced that Seth's going to turn on Cody and be like, I said to you, I was his shield, like, Roman Reigns is still my brother kind of thing. I just, I, I don't know. I just got this bad feeling that Seth's going to turn on him. I really do. We'll see. We will see. Right. Just before we finish off this week's show, then, it, um, it wouldn't be fair to us not to mention, of course, that this Sunday, tomorrow at the time of recording, it's AEW Revolution, um, specifically more than anything for the fact that we have Sting's final match in professional wrestling before he finally retires. Um, God, I mean, how old is he now? He is 64, so it's he'll be 65 in a couple of weeks. So the fact that, you know, he's retiring at nearly 65-year-old, fair play to him. Um, he's, of course, teaming up with Derby again defending the tag team championships that they only won in the last couple of weeks ago, I believe, um, against the Young Bucks. Sting's retirement match. I assume he's going to make an entrance from the rafters like he used to. He's got to. Yeah. It's his last. It's his last. In fact, I think I read somewhere online that Tony Khan had basically gone to Martha Hart before and said he was planning on doing this. Would she be happy with that? Because of obviously what happened with Owen, which I think is quite nice and respectful. And apparently she's given the blessing for that to happen. So. Yeah, full up, full on Sting coming down from the rafters. It's the big question though. Do they? Does he lose his last match like traditionally wrestlers do on the on their I mean, way out and therefore drop the titles to the Young Bucks, or do they do a bit of a swerve and does he go over and therefore they just like either vacate or Dar- Darby gets a different tag partner to continue defending the titles? I'm not. I don't think I'm particularly bothered either way, and I mean that no. in a positive way. I, I'd be quite happy with either things happening. I mean, if anything, I'd rather Sting and Derby win just so the Young Bucks don't have to win. If I'm being completely yeah, honest. I mean but, the way the story they're telling. Obviously, the Young Bucks have come back now. They're not. Uh, they're like Nicholas. They they go by the full names. They're like full like scummy, you know, full scummy heel mode. And you know, obviously, Ric Flair is now part of AEW and. Um, I watched, um, I think it was Dynamite the other week, and Ric Flair was going back into their office and talked to him. The way I could see it going is that that the Young Bucks do win the tag belts, because it would make sense, Sting's last match, like he's, it's kind of tradition, isn't it? Like when you're an old wrestler, you basically put over your opponent, you go out on your back. That's yeah. what traditionally is done. So if you go over with tradition, then the Young Bucks have to win, but I don't think necessarily it's going to be a clean win. I think the way it's going to go is probably Ric Flair's going to interfere and cost Sting the match because he is Ric Flair and he's still he's still annoyed about um, Sting beating him all those years ago in WCW. I mean, there, there is a story you could tell with it, but no, in AEW, they'll probably do it and just not explain it. But... We'll see. Like I said, I'm... I don't have a really strong opinion either way, but it will be interesting to see how they do it. And as long as he gets a good show, I mean, last thing we want is him to get like seriously injured in his last match. You know, like he got injured in his last, what we thought was his retire, end up going to be his last match in WWE, you know, when he got injured against Seth Rollins in that world title match. Um, yeah. 
and he really did his back and neck in. Um, you know, as long as we don't get that, he can go all out. He can do something crazy if he wants to, as long as he comes out of it I healthy think, and he can I enjoy his retirement. Yeah, I think Darby Allen's going to do the heavy lifting. I think Sting will do, you know, his greatest hits if you want to see that. He'll do, he'll do like, the Stinger splash. He'll do like, you know, he'll do all the his greatest hits. But I think the heavy lifting is going to be done by Darby here. Yeah. And, yeah, and I, if it goes away, I think it's going to go ultimately. Like Sting doesn't even have to get pinned. Like it could be Darby getting pinned. Like you don't have to. Pin Sting to you know lose the titles. I think they might just ping Derby about okay, that was a really good match. Then I said like the heel ending where like the young bucks attack Sting at the end and like okay, you're retired, but we're going to make sure you've stayed retired or something along those lines. What do we think of the? Uh, I mean, we've got um, the World Championship three-way match, Samoa Joe defending against Hangman Page and Swerve Strickland. We said a couple of us at the beginning of the year in our predictions that we thought Swerve Strickland would finally pick yeah. up the title, but a little bit too early, maybe. Do we think Joe will yeah. retain? I think oh, Swerve is championship material, but obviously Hangman Page and Swerve have got the blood feud, didn't they? Like, literally, Hangman drank Swerve's blood. So that ain't over. And obviously Samoa Joe's in there. So I think the fact this is three way, I think Hangman and Swerve are gonna be so busy trying to kill each other that Joe's just gonna pick the bones and just yeah. head in. I think if it was just Joe and the Strickland one on one, then I think Swerve is in a good place now that he could probably win it. But the fact this is a triple threat, as I said, I don't I think it'll just be like Hangman and Swerve just beat the shit out of each other and Joe just like one of them will just be like knocked out and then Joe just goes in for like a pen and then that's it. I mean it might be more than that, but that's the way I can see it going. Right, so one of the other matches as well, just before we finish off, was the it was supposed to be the meat, the big meaty madness or the or the meat madness match, something like that, which I think somebody got injured, so they're not able to do it. Now it's going to be the all-star scramble match where the winner will receive a future AEW World Championship match. It's Jericho Wardlow, Powerhouse Hobbs, Lance Archer, Hook, Brian Cage, Magnus and Dante Martin. Um, yeah, the the meat madness match. I mean, come on now. That, that's Biggie thing. So Biggie started on the New Day podcast. He's like, I like two big meaty men slapping meat is his thing. So he likes like you know, people like Bronson Reed versus Otis, like that's his bag. He likes big two big men beating each other up. So basically there was a thing online going, Well, that's big E saying, like two big men slapping meat and AW you know, were making a figure of it. So that was a bit controversial controversial. So I'm kinda of glad they've gone away from that because it's kind of taken away from Big E's thing. So yeah. Yeah, I'm just reading a quick article here with Tony Khan, just trying to see why it was pulled. I thought, oh yeah, it was injuries. I'm not sure it was injuries too. Uh, There were some sort of injuries. But I think big, yeah. Meat Manus is off the cards and it's the all-star scramble anyway. So that's what you get in. So we'll see. Do, who, who do we think is going to possibly be the next number one contender then? Maybe like a Wardlow or a Powerhouse Hobbs? 
Wardlow would be cool. Um, Powerhouse Hobbs. I just feel really sorry for him. Like he builds momentum. He won like TNT Championship. Then he lost it again. Then he, then he like went for the TNT title. Then he lost it again. Just like there's no momentum with him. So I think the it's got to go with like somebody like Wardlow because he's probably got the most momentum and obviously he's got like um, he's got like Adam Cole and all them behind him now, isn't he? So that probably exactly. makes no sense. We will see. Right. Okay then. I mean, that's it for this week's episode, Joe. So where can everybody find us on the socials? You can find us on Instagram, X, formerly known as Twitter, and Facebook. We are Grapplecast Show. And you can find us wherever you get your podcasts. You can get us on Spotify. You can get us on Deezus. You can get us on Apple Music. We are at Grapplecast Show again. Don't forget to like and subscribe so you never miss an episode. Lovely. Well, thank you, everyone, as always, for joining us. Uh, we should be back next week or the week after, whenever. It depends if something exciting and interesting happens. Hopefully, for the first time in a few weeks, we might also have a full household, so four of us. It has been a little bit disjointed the last four weeks, but we do try and get an episode out, even if there is only going to be two or three of us, if not um, all four of us. So please do bear with us on that whilst we all have busy business lives away from the world of wrestling but of course it's the it's the madness and sometimes the crazy batshitness of wrestling that does bring us all back together uh but yeah sign us off joe without further ado chin up tits out and watch out for the shoe so are guys uh- Bring the bell!